In a sense, child services would probably take you away for that. That's what that's why I say also a good for that because I think it's a bit insane. And the fact that I don't have to be to that extent as well. Because that's what your mind your mind's blocked it out. It was very traumatic for you. I obviously blocked it out. Welcome to Talks with B. My name is Benita Berra and today with me I have Ursula again and today we'll be talking about childhood trauma that leads to emotional baggage. So today we'll be talking about basically how you were raised and how you deal with your emotions because of that um, and just all the emotional baggage that comes with your childhood experiences. So we're going to jump straight into it and our first topic is how has how you were raised affected how you deal with your emotions? In a massive way. Um, I mean, I think a big part that's impacted it is having very emotional parents mm. that don't actually know that they're emotional that makes sense they end in the box yeah, being like, emotional my dad is extremely emotional usually men are always like women are so emotional and men have no emotions but my dad is a very emotional person like mm. he gets so upset easily he he's been depressed for like most of his life like he he like feels things so strongly he gets moody like you know he's an extremely emotional person but he's just like never dealt with it and because of that it's like you kind of have to walk on your tippy toes around yeah, him or you yeah. know make sure you're not obsessing or offending him because he's easy to offend and like and it's just funny because he can say really like deep stuff to you, but and then, he's supposed to be like, oh, okay, yeah. But cool. if you say it to him, he'll like literally never lower down and just mm. be so upset. And then my mom experiences like really bad anxiety and depression, and she has for my whole life. And her emotions are very intense. And I feel like for a large part of my life, I felt like I'm responsible for looking after emotions which is a very difficult job heavy, yeah. as a child to look after someone's emotions especially when they're so intense mm -hmm. so I feel like dealing with those opposing emotions has made it difficult for me to tackle my own because mm -hmm. I'm an emotional person myself I know I am and it's really difficult to confront what I'm going through because of like what I see with my parents and how they like can often burden me mm -hmm. you know and then I never focus on myself if that makes sense yeah yeah you're so used to putting their emotions first and how they're gonna feel exactly. that you just I become secondary to yourself exactly yeah I don't have the time to focus on my own and it's like it's difficult because I feel like your parents should teach you how about, to deal with your emotions yes. and emotional intelligence. You, yeah, and I had to teach myself all of that stuff mm -hmm. because my parents, especially my mother, is so bad. Like, she was so bad at handling her emotions when I was growing up and, like, seeing how it takes over her. And, it, like, like, I love her. She is a great mother. But, like, it did impact how she was a parent because she wasn't able to parent me a lot of the times because she couldn't handle the emotions. Mm -hmm. And, That's deep. yeah. It was like, it's difficult to learn all of that all by yourself because you're used to your parents teaching you about emotional intelligence and all that stuff. You learn from what you see. And that's not the best role model when they 
like let their emotions overtake them and parents are allowed to have emotions because parents are humans they're allowed to experience their emotions but i just wish they'd be they would acknowledge it more and acknowledge mine more and see how their emotions Mm. affect the people around them 100 percent. that's all i wish yeah that's very deep Mm -hmm. but i 100 percent get it i think for me, so I was sort of raised in a home where, I think most people were raised in a home where it's like the adult is always right. And if you're a kid, you just listen to what the adult yeah. says and mm-hmm. whatever you're feeling is invalid. Mm-hmm. Like you have to listen to them, they're right, you're wrong. Yeah. Um, so I think I wasn't necessarily taught how to deal with emotions mm-hmm. or emotional intelligence because firstly my I say this nicely <laughs> because I don't think my parents were taught it either like it goes mm. back to just my grandparents great-grandparents before yes. all of that so yes. it's not like I'm blaming them mm-hmm. for not necessarily teaching me emotional intelligence because they didn't know it themselves they you can't, can't teach do. something that you mm-hmm. don't know um but you know as you get older and you become so much more self-aware and yeah. you start to do some introspection you're like wait a minute I actually don't know how to deal with my emotions because yeah. I was never taught yeah. how to um and I mean, at that age, you have to start taking accountability and be like, okay, now I have to teach myself. Um, so I think I grew up a lot of the time feeling like my emotions were invalid. Like if mm. I was angry, that's invalid. You don't you don't have space to be angry. Just be grateful. That's kind of the only emotion I was necessarily allowed mm. to feel gratitude, yeah. um, which I think it is an important emotion. It's very it's very important to be grateful for what 100%. you have, but you're also allowed to be angry, you're also allowed to be upset, you're also allowed to feel anxiety and, you know, all these other emotions. Um, And also I kind of felt like I was sort of raised in a home where there's just that person whose emotions are just so big and so they take Mm. up so much space that your emotions like it goes back to the whole yeah. that your emotions are invalid that you're not necessarily allowed to have emotions if this person's happy the whole house now has to be happy this person's angry whole house now has to be angry um which i mean isn't necessarily nice because now let's say you're happy about something something great happens mm-hmm. to you but they're having a bad day you can't express that happiness exactly. you have to keep it to yourself and be like oh, my small win thank you even if it's not a small yes. win um definitely and that's not necessarily you know fair so i think for me it affected me in the sense of, and also we actually talked about this earlier just now. Um, you said how you, you were dealing with something and you kind of shut yourself off because you just had to isolate yourself because that's how you wanted to deal with mm-hmm. it. So because I wasn't necessarily raised in a home where I could, let's say, go talk to my parents about mm-hmm. how I was feeling or my sisters. I wasn't that close to my sisters when yeah. I was growing up, um, but now I am. Um, so if I was feeling any type of emotion, Firstly, out of the fear of being told that I'm not allowed to feel this and mm-hmm. I just, you know, I just need to be grateful mm-hmm. or whatever. And secondly, just out of not knowing how to articulate what I was mm-hmm. feeling, I would never, like, I can't, when I'm angry, when I'm upset, or when I'm angry, when I'm upset, I cut myself off, isolate myself, I'm like, I don't want to be around anyone, leave me alone. Um, and it's a bit, and yeah. it's toxic. I mean, it is a coping mechanism, but it's not a good one sometimes. It's not good, I definitely. You need to learn how to definitely. speak about things sometimes. Um, 
Definitely. And things when I'm pissed off or angry, don't even talk to me because I'll be mean to you, I'll be rude to you. You don't <laughs> want to be around me, just leave me alone. But I've been definitely trying to deal with that and learning how to, as much as now, I think I understand that I can be a bit of a mean person when I'm angry. So I don't talk to someone when I'm angry, mm. I'm like, you know, I need to cool down a little bit. Yes. But it's no longer like an isolation yes. thing, it's a thing of yes. now I can speak about how I feel. Yes. I have emotional intelligence, I know how to articulate how I'm feeling, mm -hmm. but I just need time to firstly cool myself down because also the thing is when you speak to someone when you're angry and upset you you're going to say things regret. that are very rude very yes. mean things that you're going to regret um and you're speaking out of emotion not mm -hmm. out of facts and also if someone's shouting at you and you know being upset with you whatever they're saying is just going to feel like ah, dude get over yourself yeah. but if they speak to you in a calm demeanor calm tone you're going to be able to take yeah. what they're saying better um, Oops, now, yeah. so now I've just kind of learned to I'm upset I need space from you but I'll come talk to you about mm -hmm. how I'm feeling um, that's, that's a very interesting point because it's like the difference between like giving yourself space to mm. cool down and be able to approach a conversation rationally mm. compared to like isolating yourself because yeah. I do the lesser when I feel emotionally overwhelmed I isolate because the only way for me to handle such a situation is by like being by myself mm -hmm. and processing how you're feeling by yourself exactly because also i can lash out well, not necessarily i'm not necessarily mean like, i mean to the people closest <laughs> to me yeah that is my my um fault that i mean to people close to me but like if i'm not that close to you i'm like so scared of confrontation mm -hmm. and i struggle to stand up for myself so I just close myself off and I just like deal with emotions by myself because obviously growing up you you don't you aren't spoken to about your emotions so you just learn to handle them by yourself mm. because that's the only time you feel valid. The confrontation thing so when you were younger did mm. you ever feel like you can go speak to your parents about? Nope. As you were saying, I was like, maybe the reason we both don't like confrontation is because we firstly were never mm. taught how to speak about the yeah, situation. Definitely. Going back to what I said, how the older person is always right. Whatever yeah. you feel and whatever you've done yeah. is wrong. Um, and I'm, I'm not like going off at that idea because I do think as you're growing up, older people are right. They are wiser. They know the right way to go and the wrong way to go. Yeah. But they're not always right. I think it's very wrong yeah. to give the narrative of that an older person is like always right. Exactly. Because no they're right. human. They're going exactly. through their own stuff. Sometimes they lash out on you for absolutely no reason. Exactly. Like, I didn't even do anything that bad and just lashing out. And that's because they've had a bad day. So mm -hmm. now, that's, continuing yeah. that cycle of, no, I'm right, you're wrong, that's not necessarily it's, fair. And it makes it so hard to confront people mm. because now it feels like I'm going to create unnecessary conflict. But your feelings aren't yes. conflict, your feelings are valid. What you're feeling, That's exactly, you're allowed that to feel so what you're true. feeling. Definitely. And I feel like with my parents, like bringing up something you think they've done wrong mm. and trying to have Ooh, a conversation. Oh, that's a war. <laughs> you start in a war doing you start, that. When you start that conversation, you start it with the intention of being heard mm. and changing that behavior. Mm. Because I'm not doing it. I'm not coming to them because I want to say you're a bad parent, mm -hmm. you're wrong. I'm saying it because I, I want to change, you know, like I just want, you know, to feel valid and all those things. But as soon as you say a piece of criticism, it's like, oh, I'm a bad mother, I'm a bad father. 
and then the end of the conversation ends with you apologizing to them for your feelings and for what they've done exactly so that's why i think that's i completely agree like the whole confrontation thing is like it's just better off not confronting because mm-hmm. at the end you're going to be in the wrong even though you just wanted to have like a good conversation exactly. you know exactly i actually saw a video this one time there's this girl on tiktok i know they were, t- they were playing like a joke and they found mm-hmm. out something um and then they were saying something about him and they were like us criticizing you is not an attack on your parenting style you know exactly. as much as they were saying it like it is still a jokey kind of sense because yeah. the whole idea was jokey but i was like but that's very real i feel like a lot of the time not even just just parents i think people in general you kind of criticizing them it makes them feel like that's an attack on me yeah like, it's not an attack on you it's just an attack it's not even an attack actually it's, <laughs> it's just like me saying yeah it's just me saying listen I don't think this is the right way to go about this. So I think maybe in the future, yeah. you know, but I, 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 I think I haven't always been good at criticism also. Because I've been like, why are you attacking me? Why do you hate me? You know? <laughs> and now I've started to learn, actually one of my prayers this year was asking God to help me with criticism. Mm-hmm. Like if someone tells me something, God, give me the wisdom and the humility. Yeah. It takes a lot of humility yeah. to take criticism um give me the humility and wisdom to take that criticism and understand because sometimes people criticize you in a way that's not loving firstly Mm -hmm. it's not because they want you to be better it's because they want to put you down yeah but some people do criticize you in a way of listen i think you could be better at this and i'm saying it because i love you and i want you to be better and i was just like god help me to understand the different types of criticism Mm -hmm. to have discernment on them so that i can take them boldly and know which ones to take which ones to be like I'm not even gonna listen to you. Yeah. Um, but that's a bit off topic. But no, but I love that because it's so true. Exactly. <laughs> we only speak the truth. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, I think we've pretty much touched a lot on that number one. Yes. Um, but yeah, if you're listening to this or watching this, I think that is, and you haven't had that conversation with yourself. I think that is a conversation that you do need to have with mm-hmm. yourself. Um, and moving on. So our second topic is. Salad treatments. <sighs> and we've talked about this a lot, like a lot. Um, I don't know if you want to start. Where do I start? <laughs> Where? Salad treatments. Like, okay, wait. First, let's actually explain, just in case some yeah. people may not know what salad treatment is, but I'm pretty sure we've all experienced it from someone or done it to someone. So, usually, if you do something that upsets someone or whatever, um, they'll kind of give you silent treatments as a punishment. Yeah. Like you've made me upset, so I'm, not, I'm just not gonna talk to you. Um, I know I do it quite a lot because that's what I grew up seeing. So that Same. to me was like, okay, that's a proper act of punishment, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've had it being done to me a lot. Um, yeah. And if you do this to people or if you've had it done to you, okay, but mostly for the people that do it to other people, you may not like what they have to say, yeah. but you may need to hear it. Um, and please understand that we also do it. So it's not like we criticize yes, them. We yes, also do it so we yes. understand it. But it is, it's not a healthy way to go about in your relationships. And we are going to explain why and talk about it. So, yeah. Definitely <laughs> perfect. So, I mean, something I often say was like, we don't always my sister mainly because we share the same trauma. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, is that I sometimes wish my parents were stricter and disciplined in like other ways. Like I wish we got shouted at. Mm-hmm. Like I wish we got 
as his on the wrist and told no don't yeah. do that you know like short discipline and then afterwards they embrace you again you know when parents mm. do that and it's like i, I don't know <laughs> yeah no i don't know not our i wouldn't know <laughs> but i kind of wish we had like because most of the time children would be like oh i hate when my parents shout at me and all that but sometimes that type of discipline teaches you wrong from right and it's just like it's so much more valuable yeah. being given silent treatment as a child I think is so like I don't know what the word I'm looking for it's just like it's just weird I'm, yeah, it's, it's weird. just weird it's when you weird. really think about it it's like you're 40 and you're giving a 5 year old silent treatment bro it's weird and it, it does like it makes a major psychological effect mm. on that child I mean like to this day silent treatment traumatizes me but like as a child like you children think about what children want children want attention they want love they want to be seen Heavy they want to be yeah. seen uh, you we all know children can be annoying because mm-hmm. most of the time they just want to be seen <laughs> you know little attention seekers exactly <laughs> and the worst thing you could do to them is literally lock them away mm-hmm. and like close them off them, yeah. and use that as a form of punishment and um, take a break now because I'm going to tell you the off what's it called off yeah, the record, off the record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy child services would probably take you away for that that's what that's why I said off the record for that because I think it's a bit insane and the fact that I don't remember it to that extent as well because I probably blocked mind, it out mind blocked it out it was very traumatic for you I obviously blocked it out but my sister told was telling me I'm like this makes sense why I was so messed up with isolation. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, yeah, a, bit, it's a bit too deep to be honest. You know what's so weird is that I've actually watched like episodes of Criminal Minds where parents also used to do that to their kids. Because she never used to do it to my sister, just me. Because my sister had different ways of dealing with things. Like, if I guess this can't go on record, like my sister, when she um, would do something wrong, she just her response was always to retreat and just be quiet and to herself mm. like that's how she is now like if she ever does something wrong she's just very to herself and as a child i was more vocal like more of the attention seeking type of child and that's why i got most of the isolation because i was so used to yeah. like seeing it acting a certain way so it's like if you act differently, yeah. we're gonna also make you yeah. isolate so i mean this is something i still get to this day like if going back to the criticizing your parents like if i talk to my mom about something that like i'm not happy with mm. and i criticize her it's like she won't talk to me until i apologize to her she just won't talk to me she'll be quiet she'll you could like just see them sulking and just be mm. like i'm not gonna talk to you and you talk to them and they say nothing back it's just like it's just so, very draining for me it was so weird when i was in cape town with my sisters yeah. And they had like a little squabble at lunch. Um, and it's so weird because we're all raised in the same home. So I was like, I, it was so weird for me to see how they how they sorted that out because they had their little disagreements. Um, damn near shouting at each other. Um, and this is out in public. Really? So now I'm just, I'm not good with conflict. Like if there's conflict, I'm just there like, ah, okay, this is, this is cool too, I guess. It just makes me feel uneasy, mm-hmm. um, especially because I mean, it's my two sisters. Whose side do I take? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I won't say whose side I took, but <laughs> <laughs> but so then my sister. So like I think two minutes later, after things died down a bit, yeah. 
it's quite quiet at the table though um and then i don't know what happened i don't know if it was like the waiter that came to our table kind of like broke the silence whatever happened and then my older sister kind of you know apologized to um my middle sister um and then my middle sister also apologized and i was like and then after that they were like good like they were talking yeah. normally and i was like oh that's how you deal with conflict i was like oh so you're not gonna you're not gonna stop talking to each other not for like gonna, a long like, time ignore each other that's, that's weird because i know we were raised in the same house so where did you learn that um <laughs> and i was like wow this is how people actually deal with conflict um mm. and that's pretty cool you know like if mm-hmm. i i'm working on it now though but if i'm upset with someone i will be upset with you and just not talk to you yeah. um because same. i just don't feel like talking to you you made me upset um but it's actually normal to voice your concerns and mm-hmm. how they've made you feel. And then after that, move on from it. Like you don't have to prolong exactly. the awkwardness and the silence and the punishment. Mm-hmm. You can literally just get over it yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, which is such a weird thing to me, but it's how it's actually supposed to be. You're not supposed to have conflicts that's just ongoing unnecessarily. I don't know. Um, I, I mean, the thing that I hate the most is silent treatment and my one of the things I dislike about myself the most is the fact that I give silent treatments. It's, it's funny, like the thing that the like treatment you dislike the most, you just adopt it. I was thinking like, about this the other day and I was like, you know, as you grow up, you kind of see what you don't want to be. You see traits in other people that you don't want to be or traits in someone that's close to you that yes. you don't want to be. And then the older you get, you see yourself slowly but surely becoming that person that you said, oh, I don't want to be. It's like, is this the law of attraction? <laughs> Wait a minute. It's this so, so thing. weird. So weird. Because same. Me mainly, it's like my mother. Like, there's so many things about my mother. I'm like, Ugh. and I just, like, I'm seeing my mother and me. And it's like, But at scary. the same time, it's like, you become that person because that's all you've grown up seeing. 100%. And there's this one quote that says how, um, you know, kids do as they see mm-hmm. not as they're told so if they're told you know don't that be mean so don't be mean read each of vegetables do whatever whatever keep telling them that but you're not actually doing that if you don't read what they if you're mean is. to other people if you're unkind you know yes. they're gonna do what they see yes. they're gonna be a reflection of what you've taught yes. them of what 100%. you've allowed them to be exposed to um and also that's the thing with a lot of bullies is that people are bullies because of what they see at home. So yeah. if you know a bully, it's probably because one of their parents is a bully to them or Ooh. a bully to someone else in their house. Yes. And if you see a kind person, because some kind people do live with mean people, so now they're forced to be kind because they really don't want to be that. Yes. But most of the time, if you see a kind person, um, someone who's very polite and someone who, you know, is great, it's because they have a parental figure or just an authority yes. figure, you know, that is that in their life. So they've seen yeah. those actions and they just mirror it um so it's very important how you want to expose your kids yeah. to you know how you behave exactly expose them to what you want them to be children are like sponges they just Literally. soak up everything exactly. in the environment exactly that is very true that so, is scary i mean it makes sense for us to turn into things that we may not necessarily like because that's all we've seen that's all we've grown up mm-hmm. being exposed to so now it's hard to kind of break the cycle and be like no i'm going to be something different because your system is going to be like whoa where did you learn that from <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about this um, definitely yeah crazy. i just like silent treatment i think well it's just i mean i know my sister's also experienced it but i feel like it's mainly used on me because obviously 
my mother knows like how effective it was for me mm. and how because I guess that's also a fault of mine like every time she would use silent treatment on me I'd be so good afterwards or I'd apologize afterwards because mm. I don't want to experience that again so she obviously in her mind thought okay because it works like, like every time it. I'll use it and then I'll get what I want from it you know but I think like for me like what I dislike the most about it um how it like um impacts like my relationships in my life and I'd say like mainly my like boyfriend my romantic partner it's been like the most challenging because I have to unlearn those things like firstly I've like I'm in such a mode where I feel like every time I do something wrong in the relationship I think I'm gonna get silent treatment mm, and I push away that trauma is just seeping through yes I push away first before I feel that rejection because silent treatment is like a form of rejection it is it really you feel is. rejected by your parents and it's like such a hurtful feeling because those are the people no who are supposed to, to love you rejected, exactly. no matter what and if your parents are rejecting you it's like who's gonna accept me then I mean if my own parents exactly yeah. So like I never thought of it like that. Yeah. I never thought of it as a form of rejection. It's exactly. crazy. So like Is whenever... that why I hate rejection. <laughs> Damn. Probably. Probably. Damn. Thank you for opening my eyes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like um if if like we're in conflict and I say something because like another toxic thing that I've learned is like saying things that I shouldn't be saying that I know just to get a reaction because um, yeah anyway that's another story for another day. And I'll say something like that, I'm like, at the back of my head, I know I'm wrong. Yeah. Like, I know I'm wrong, and I, like, his feelings are valid for being upset mm. for something I've said. But, like, my first response is to be like, I'll give you space, I'm sorry, Debbie, I'm so, I'm a terrible, like, girlfriend, let me go. And he'll be like, no, I don't want you to go, but yeah. I push him away, because I'm fearful that he's going to isolate me mm. first. Like, I do it first, like, I do that even with friendships, like, anything, like, I will isolate first. Because it feels so much safer for me to feel like I'm in control. Yeah, you feel more in control, yeah. Than somebody rejecting me first. That's crazy. Yeah. I think I do the same thing. <laughs> I've never thought of that. I really think I do the same thing. That's where it comes from. Do that. I need therapy. Um no, that's insane. Yeah. This is why I like talking about these types of things oh, yeah. because you learn so much about yourself. Definitely. You're like, oh, I'm that toxic, huh? Oh, that's why I'm that toxic. That's crazy. Definitely. Dang. Um, yeah, I think if if you've listened until this point, then I think this is a time for you to just reflect <laughs> and just be like, you know, do I act in certain mm. ways that I don't like and why do I act that way? Yeah. Um, okay. We only have one more topic, don't worry, we're not going to load a whole lot of stuff on you, don't worry, we'll leave that for part two. But, <laughs> okay, so moving on to our third and final topic, what's one toxic trait you have carried with you from how you were taught to deal with your emotions from childhood? I have too many. I was actually going to be like, I just have one? too many. Just one? Uh... But I also do feel like in part we've kind of already talked about this because mm. in all the things we've talked about we've also talked about how they've affected us now yeah. in the doubts it's difficult but... not to talk about how it affects you now because it's a big part of who we are unfortunately when you experience trauma it like becomes a major part of you um and how you react to things 
but I just like for me I'd say like I was saying earlier like I do think that I've adopted a lot of the negative qualities from my mom and anxiety as well like that's something I've really had to work on a lot like my self-esteem and anxiety because my mom has a very low self-esteem and it's something I had to work on a lot a lot a lot because like you were saying like how you learn from like how your parents act mm. you know seeing my mom being like anxious towards herself and like not enjoying life and like feeling really bad about herself saying very negative things about herself mm. it made me think like this is like the woman that i look up to like she's my role model and if she feels this way about herself what makes me any better you know what yeah, i mean yeah. um and also like for example something is still striving like my mom is like extremely anxious driver like it makes her very anxious and i'm takes so i'm taking really long to get my license because a big part of it is makes me think like you know, like, if it's so scary for someone who raised me, like, am I going to be able to do it, you know? And even though I know that's not true, like, your rational mind knows those aren't true. true. Everybody's different, mm -hmm. and that's her own personal problems. Mm -hmm. It's like, I feel like that child within you is always within you. Oh, and they have a big impact on your emotional reactions yeah, to what things. you do, yeah. You know? So, I just, like, I think... Like any, any, like even like you guys watching this, you might have different childhood trauma, mm. but like anything that you've been through that has like negatively impacted how you behave or treat others, I think like the first step is like acknowledging it, like being aware of it. Like our parents aren't aware of these problems yeah, that they have. Always preaching self awareness, I think, is one of the most important yeah. quality or character traits that one needs to have, yeah. especially as you get older. Because as much as yes, you do need to acknowledge that okay, this is what happened when I was a kid, and this is why I act this way. And you know, I think quite a bit of your childhood traits can be kind of put. Mm. I don't want to say blamed, but puts on how your parents raised you. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you reach a stage where now you're aware of it and you still don't change, that becomes your fault now. You can't blame anyone else because now you're aware of it and you're still not putting in the effort to change. Yep. Can't blame them. Yeah. You need to start so really being like, I need to be better. I yeah. need to do better. Um, but yeah, sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> yeah, but I definitely agree. It's like we can all be accountable for ourselves at the end of the day. It's exactly. like, you know, and like even if you feel bad because you like you have your days where you're more anxious or you have your days where you give other people silent treatment mm. or you literally in the moment of doing something like toxic that your parents do like if you're able to stop in that moment and be like okay i need to be better i see this like yeah. i see what i'm doing you're really like so much better than you think you are exactly. you know and you just like small change from there but i'm saying this but i have lots of self-work to do very true um for me oh what's one toxic trait i carry until now i want to say anger really i want to say anger um the other day i was actually i think i was praying about it and i was like i just feel like i have so much um anger inside like mm -hmm. and it's I don't want to say I grew up around a lot of anger, but I did. <laughs> I did. I like he did. Um, and the other day I was thinking about how I feel like 
I umbrella all my emotions mm. under anger. So even if I'm feeling sad, to me mm. it just feels like it's anger. If I'm feeling mm. yeah, if I'm feeling anxious, to me it just feels like it's anger. Like it's oh. I've had a really hard time pinpointing what exactly I'm feeling mm. because the only emotion I really understood when I was younger was anger, which is so weird. Um, Can I like I have like a theory? <laughs> Can I give you a theory? Yes, I'm, I'm a therapist. <laughs> But like maybe it's because like every time you had an emotion, it was so invalidated, invalidated, neglected. It yes. turned into anger. So every yes. emotion you had, yes. it turned into anger because you felt misunderstood. One hundred percent. One hundred. That is so percent. interesting. And even wow. now, like when I'm having maybe a disagreement disagreements with somebody and yeah. I feel like I'm being invalidated I get so pissed off and I'm like no yeah. now I start attacking you because now I feel invalidated yes. so it's like all my old emotions yes. of not feeling valid like... is like no, now I'm gonna fight you because you're not hearing me yeah. and I'm no longer that small girl that can't speak about how I feel so if you make me start yes. feeling like that I feel caved in and boxed in no now you've unleashed like a beast in me that I yes. don't like um but definitely do try work on my anger and that's so interesting and that's like maybe understand yeah <laughs> yeah and i mean i do have days when i'm still pissed off and i still i don't even know what emotion i'm, I'm feeling that day but I've, I've gotten so much better with identifying yeah with identifying what i'm yeah. feeling and articulating it and also knowing when and when not to respond to a certain situation because not everything yes. needs a response and I know if I, I'm a very emotional person, I'm super duper emotional. Um, and I think a lot of the time I do try to cover it up and act more thug than I actually am. But I'm very emotional. I will cry about everything. <laughs> I will cry about every and anything. Um, and I think also in understanding that I'm such an emotional person, I'm also very empathetic. So if someone's going through something, I'm going to feel what you're feeling. Um, Definitely. And I've just kind of learned how to Okay, this situation, I'm just going to not even give it any attention because it's going to make me feel so burdened by the emotions of it that mm-hmm. it's just going to be heavy on me. I don't want to feel that. Yeah. So, um, definitely gotten better with my emotions. Definitely gotten mm-hmm. much better. Um, but yeah, I would say I definitely carried a lot of anger with me mm-hmm. from when I was a kid and just so many of the things that happened yeah, um, when I was a kid and even in my like teenagehood. Um, that's another trauma we need to speak about. Teenage trauma. Because there's a lot that happens in those years. But that's for another episode. That is, yeah. That is very true. <laughs> yeah. It just sticks to childhood. It's more simple. Um, I think that is one toxic trait that I have carried with me. That's so interesting. Yeah. I only thought about it now, actually, when you were speaking. I was like, what's one thing I did carry with me? And then I just kept feeling anger. Anger. <laughs> anger. And I was like, oh, okay. There you go. That's, 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 that's what it is. Um, so anxiety and anger. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Damn. Anxiety and anger anonymous. Yeah. Oh, God, it's enough. That's funny. I, was, oh. I don't know if we have anything more to talk about. I think this might be a bit of a shorter episode. They don't feel that long. I hope I don't have too much editing to do. Um, but I do really hope that if you've watched this, that you've learned maybe something new about yourself or you've had mm-hmm. something that triggered you to think about your emotions and just the person that you are now. And yeah, have these conversations with your friends because it is important. Yes. I think we are, you know, the future. We definitely are. And we need to be better with our kids. If you do decide to have kids, 
Okay. Give them a better example than what you were given. And if you don't decide to have kids, that's cool too. Give your friends and yeah. their and kids. Just yourself. Yeah, give yourself a better example because also your relationship with yourself and how you see yourself goes out so yeah. much into your relationships definitely, with others. Definitely. Um, so yeah, just keep being better bit by bit every day. It's fine if you relapse into your old ways. <laughs> it's okay. It but wake up the next day and be better. You know, even Love if it's just that. 1% better. 100% better, 5,000% better, <laughs> but just be better. Yes. Um, we love you. And you're doing great, sweetie. So Your emotions you, are valid. Your emotions are so very valid. valid. But also, if you are toxic, look at yourself. Too. They're valid too, but don't <laughs> look into yourself also. Don't yeah. always blame other people. Um, and we love preaching self awareness here. So. This is for the self-aware baddies and kings, queens and kings. There you go. Um, Please like, comment, share, subscribe, follow, whatever you can do. It would be greatly appreciated. And hope you're having a good day or that you've had a good day. That was the shortest episode I've ever filmed. I'm so happy. I can feel my face when I'm with you. But I love it.